Sometimes, in order to predict what might happen in the future, you need to be very familiar with what came before. Predicting how our planet responds to the climate changes brought forth by humans is a difficult job, but so very important. One approach that we've taken to be better at it is by studying the climate of ages past, and that is done by extracting ancient ice from huge glaciers. We're joined by a special guest to tackle the big question of this episode. What is ancient ice telling us about the future? Okay, uh, can you start by telling me um, who you are and what you do here at the British Antarctic Survey? Uh, yes, so I am Dr. Liz Thomas. I lead the Ice Core Research Group here at the British Antarctic Survey. Thank you very much. So why it is important to drill, to drill out ice cores? Ice cores are an amazing archive of how the planet's climate has changed and we can use them by drilling down into an ice sheet and they're effectively a time capsule because you can extract that information it tells you how the climate has changed, whether that's looking at temperature changes, but it can also change, tell you about environmental changes, things like volcanoes. So there's actually a huge amount of science that can be done just on looking at small amounts of ice from our ice sheets. That is incredible. How old is the oldest ice uh, that we can uh, get to uh, through these ice cores? So to date, the oldest ice cores that we've ever drilled have gone back just over 800,000 years. Wow. And so that's a very long core that was drilled called Dome C. It was part of a European collaboration and various other international partners have also then been drilling deep ice cores. Um, and that takes us back this, this sort of 800,000 years. But the ice in Antarctica, in theory, we know it's been there much longer. So there are places where we know it goes back beyond two and a half million years. So at the moment, we have a big international project aiming to try and do exactly that, try and get beyond our longest ice and get beyond a million years. That is uh, incredible. And so you have this record uh, that spans, uh, well, for now, hundred thousands of years, uh, but could soon span millions of years. Exactly. How do you um, store the ice and how do you prepare for it to be studied? So with the ice, obviously, we need to keep it frozen. Mm -hmm. So actually, that can be fairly problematic. We need to have um, big storage facilities, freezers that keep them ideally below about minus 25. Okay. Um, so at the moment, we have some storage of our freezers here where we have the ice that we're working on at the moment. But because we have an archive of, of samples we've been collecting for nearly 40 years, we actually have to use an off-site freezer facility. And we work with the food industry and keep our ice in storage alongside the fish fingers and the frozen peas in, a, in an off-site storage facility. That, that is awesome. And can, what can we learn um, from these ice cores when it comes to the pasta? How do you... Um, how do we find out uh, how the climate was in the past from these ice cores? So there's a whole range of, of different um, science disciplines, if you like, that are, that are connected to ice core research. One of the most um, famous ones is we talk about changes in temperature. Mm -hmm. And with our very long ice core records that we've got at the moment, this shows us how the Earth has gone from very natural climate cycles. So at the moment, we're in the Holocene, which is this sort of relatively warm period. And then 100,000 years ago, we were in and what we pretty much call an ice age. But these cycles, we call them glacial cycles, and they're quite natural. And the reason that we know that is because we can actually look at something called stable water isotopes 
it's a fairly complicated science, but effectively water, H2O, comes, you can have oxygen molecules in their heavy form, or you can have them in their light form. Mm -hmm. And the ratio of heavy to light in the water of the ice core can actually tell you something about the temperature change. So that's a very sort of simplified explanation, but this can show us how um, the, the temperature is actually varied through time. That is fascinating. Uh, but you can also see uh, bubbles, uh, air bubbles uh, within the ice cores. Uh, um, is that telling us, can you get enough to understand the atmosphere throughout uh, this hundreds of tons of years? Yeah, exactly. So as well as just what the water can tell us, the way that the snow falls, if you think about fluffy snow, um, you know, when it becomes more compacted as it gets squished down into the ice sheet, those air, that air that was sort of fluffy then becomes trapped in these air bubbles. So what we need to do then is just break open those air bubbles and extract the gases. And actually that can then tell you about really important greenhouse gases, particularly carbon dioxide and methane. And we don't need to do very much to the gases. They are just there in those bubbles. So we just break them open and inside a vacuum extract the gas from in there. And it will tell you the exact composition at the time when the snow fell. I'm assuming, uh, given that uh, it would be easier to get to the ice that is more recent, uh, yeah. and the vast majority of ice cores are from uh, like the more recent years. Uh, what is um, the more recent year? Uh, is it uh, in terms of a few hundreds, a few thousands, uh, or is it longer? Every time scale that you want, really. Okay. So an ice core, you can go down and drill just a meter's worth of ice. That's okay. still an ice core, and that will tell you what happened just within the last year. And you're right, there's, most of the ice that we actually have in the archive is, is much younger than the, mm -hmm. the 800,000 yes. years that I just mentioned. But actually, it depends as well on what the science question is. We don't all want to go and drill back a million years. Some of the science that we're really interested in is actually just telling us how has the climate, how has the Antarctic ice sheet changed over just the last hundred years? Because you have to remember, for most places in the planet, we've got really long weather observations that go back hundreds of years, thousands of years even. Whereas for Antarctica, people didn't start going to Antarctica until, you know, a hundred years ago. And actually in terms of actual real instrumental observations, they often didn't start until the late 1950s. So our understanding of just the very basic, how has the climate changed, is still unknown. So that's why lots of the studies that we do are really trying to look at that very recent period and place it into a, a longer context. So we want to understand, well, we know that, that there's loads of evidence that's saying that actually places in Antarctica are getting very warm in the last 50 years. But what we want to know and what we can only do with an ice core is say, well, is that unusual? Is this anthropogenic? Is that human climate change? Or is that just natural variability and that's what the ice cores over these shorter time periods are really really valuable for are they've been collected on a lot of different places in antarctica yep so we've got a huge range of ice cores from all across the continent and various different international groups are all working together in order to achieve this so antarctica is, is vast you know it's very deceptive when you look at it on a map but actually the area is huge and so we work on different drilling projects with different people to access as much of the continent as we can. But actually, we really are still only sort of scratching the surface, if you like, because we've got very few records from such a, a huge continent. I think uh, the last question about the past uh, mm -hmm. is, uh, how deep was uh, the 800,000 uh, year 
Um, so the deepest, so the actual amount of ice, it's close to three kilometers. Wow. So it's a huge amount of ice. And that obviously takes many, many years in the, in, in the planning phase. But actually, when you're drilling, you drill over multiple seasons. Yeah. So Antarctica, unfortunately, it's not a hugely hospitable place to work. So we only have a relatively small time window during the summer months when we can actually physically be there and be drilling. So often for those very deep drilling projects, it meant going back year on year, maybe three or four years to actually reach the bottom. So that's the kind of the, the longest records and that we have. But actually, there are places where we could drill a thousand meters and it wouldn't cover anywhere near as many years because it depends on how much snow falls each year. Okay. So, yes, yeah, sometimes you could drill a thousand meter core and it may only give you a thousand years worth of data. It depends on your science and what you want to look for. Oh, that's fascinating. Thank you very much. I think my final question is uh, very much about... Uh, um, the future. You are looking uh, at uh, the changes that have happened in Antarctica over uh, both the very recent uh, and also the uh, very not recent past. Yeah. How are all those uh, data points being used to model what might happen in the future um, with the unfolding climate crisis? So this is what's really important. So for me, I have an interest in the climate and how it changed over the long timescales. But actually, as a, a person, I really want to use as much of that information to help us become better informed about how the climate will change. And ideally, maybe make some changes, maybe allow us to mitigate this. So what the ice pools are able to do is actually show us how the planet may change and may react in the past. So you know, we understand a huge amount about the climate. We understand about sort of smaller weather systems, but it's actually a very big complex puzzle. And what we try and do is fill in those extra puzzle pieces by saying, you know, in the past, temperatures may have reached, you know, this certain temperature, or um, they may have been much colder, or sea ice may have been much larger or much, you know, much smaller. So those are the kind of information we can provide which then allows the climate models that these are the things that are actually tasked with predicting what's going to happen next to understand how the planet behaves in a normal, what we would call a natural variability, natural cycles. If it has that as its baseline, then it can start running projections further in time. If that baseline data is wrong or missing, then we don't actually know whether what the models are predicting is, is genuine, is true. So this is what we kind of provide. It's almost like the calibration, if you like, for how the planet should behave under normal circumstances so that then the climate models can tell us how it may predict, how it may react in the future with all of these non-natural um, inputs that we're putting in there. Wonderful. Thank you very much for taking the time and talking to us today. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to The Big Questions. Head over to iflscience.com for the latest and greatest science headlines. The music in this episode is credited to audioblocks.com. See you next time.